Hey everybody, welcome to the Work for Games Dev and Tech Podcast. My name is Aaron Billings. I'm a software engineer in Atlanta, Georgia, and with me today is Karen's Wright. He is a technical product manager in Atlanta, Georgia as well. Welcome to the Dev and Tech Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about an interesting subject. We're going to be talking about different companies, sizes, uh, which company might be the best for you, startups, scale-ups, or big companies. What's the best for you if you're just starting out as a junior dev or just getting your foot into tech? Where are you going to get the most benefits for? Um, what's going to be the best for you in certain different situations. We're going to talk about all that. Uh, but first, how's it going, Karen's? Everything's been going great, you know. Just here in Georgia, you know as well as I do that summers and humidity, we don't, you know, there's that song, Hot Fun in the Summertime. We don't really have fun. <laughs> we just have the hot summertime. So, you know, ready for cooler weather, but overall, everything's great. Everything's great. <laughs> Yeah, sounds good. Got to keep that that uh, AC running all the time. Exactly. Keep cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds good, man. We'll get started here. Startups. What do you think of a startup? Uh, what comes to mind? I would say two things that come to mind are volatility and potential. And the reason why I bring up those two, because startups are literally what the name is implying it's an organization or an idea or a group of individuals literally starting something up you know starting up an idea or like i said an organization and so a lot of the success oftentimes you know these companies they may not be as successful as they hoped and just after a period of time the doors close so it sounds scary it does sound scary but they're Oftentimes, there are, there's a lot of potential as well, because a startup is a small group of people working together. It could even be one person or two people, but it's this. there's this exciting feeling that you can be a part of something awesome. So if an individual is thinking about a startup, it's good to look at what this company is doing. Where do they want to be? What are they, what service or product are they going to provide? And so when you can look at that, and if you feel that there's something special there, startups, it's great. It's it's an awesome opportunity. So I would say those are the two things that come to my mind. I, I haven't, personally, I haven't worked with a startup quite yet, but I would be open to it. I really would. Okay. Yeah, I think startups can be, like you said, volatile. They can also be a place where you can get a lot of experience in. But I've worked in a couple of different startups. From what I've seen, it depends on where what startup you go to. And I think if you're able to find a startup where the culture is really good and they're doing something that you can get behind, then you could probably get in there and make a difference. If you're new it might not necessarily be the thing that you want to go to unless you're ready to kind of take that on and you're in circumstances to take that on. Because um, being new, 
you're going to have to put on all different kinds of hats. And many people say, okay, well, that's, that's great. You get a lot of experience. Might be true, but there are a lot of times where you might be the only person in that particular department. So it depends on how big the startup is. If it's a really, really small startup, you could be the only dev there and you're running the entire show. Is that necessarily a good thing? Don't know, right? I mean, that's a lot of pressure for a brand new person fresh out of boot camp or fresh out of self-taught. So would it be better to go to a bigger startup? Probably, right? At that case. So it's kind of picking your picking which kind of startup you want to go to. Uh, do you want to go to like the scale up kind of sort of a, of a startup? If you're new, I probably would do something like that. But if you're more experienced and you've been to a couple startups or you've worked at big companies before, going to a brand new thing, starting it from the ground up can be pretty exciting, right? You kind of already have that experience. They're counting on you to kind of build something brand new with them or help them build something brand new. And in that case, it could be a really exciting experience. But the only drawback, I think, is if it's brand, brand new and they don't have a whole bunch of funding yet, you're probably not going to be making all that much money. And depending upon what kind of situation you have with the family or kids or anything like that, then those are some things that you have to consider too, because you may not want to leave <laughs> your, your job that you got if you're making good money to go to a startup that they'll only be able to really kind of offer you sometimes stock options. And at that point, they're probably a private company. They haven't went public yet. And you're kind of working for a, at that point, a dream, honestly, a dream that one day the company will end up being super successful and that's going to pay off, but you don't really know. Right. And it could take, it could take a lot of years in order to be able to see a return on that investment. And the question is, are you ready for it? What do you think about that? Yeah, it's definitely risky. Sometimes I think to myself that the best candidates for a startup would be someone that is literally just starting their career or someone with so much experience and they may be comfortable making a change and they're established and they could take the hit if the startup doesn't make it. And so I've seen individuals with a lot of experience go to a startup because they have the opportunity to help shape and mold an organization from the ground up. And so it's appealing to a lot of individuals. I do know one thing, it's not to sound negative or I I feel very strongly about this opinion. It, it is my opinion, but I feel really strongly about it. But if you're considering a startup, it's important to look at, is it a democracy? as far as the organization structure. I do realize that oftentimes funding and the, the startup, it starts with maybe one or two people. But you want to go into an environment where everyone has a voice and where everyone is working together towards a common goal. Because it's it's to me, I've been in situations where one person made all the decisions in the organization. It was a small business and one person makes all the decisions. And at the end of the day, you don't want your livelihood just depending on how one person feels. And so be very careful going into a startup where one individual has this 
you know, they kind of have the mantra of it's my way or the highway. And so they make you feel as if you are going to be a very important part of the organization. But once you get in, there's one person that wants to make all the decisions. That's a situation that's it's a major red flag. When you go into a startup, you want to have a voice and you want to be able to play a part in the direction of how the organization is structured and how it's run, um, how it's run, you know? You want to have a part because there's high potential there because there's this perfect world scenario, Aaron, where you go into an organization where it's the next Twitter. It's a group of people that they have this amazing idea on how to capitalize on ideas that are already out there, but they're bringing something new to the table. And you play a part in that starting from the very beginning. That's amazing potential, you know, and oftentimes Mm -hmm. individuals who are there from the very start, you find yourself in a well-established company in a well-established role. And so it, it's there's definitely some risks there. And I, I would say out of the companies that we're going to discuss, startup will probably be the, that would be the move that takes the most thought um, before making the jump. Agreed. Yeah, because you can either kind of jump into a situation where you don't necessarily want to be, or you can jump into a great situation, I think. But it's going to take, I think jumping into a startup is going to have to be a really calculated move. It's going to take some real forethought before you jump into a beginning stage startup. Now, there are scale ups, right, Uh, which is kind of the middle of the road. And by scale up, I mean a startup who is no longer really in the startup phase. They may probably have completed their Series C um, or maybe even Series D funding round, and they're past maybe 500 people or so. Um, and they're doing really well. They have a lot of uh, customers. Um, you know, they have pretty yeah cash in the bank, right? Um, they're not worried about going bankrupt anytime soon. Uh, things are looking good. They can offer bigger salaries. They're a little bit more stable. Their team's sizes are, they're a little bigger. They kind of have a hierarchy, right? So there's someone who is managing teams, things like that. And in that situation, I think um, it's a little bit easier to say, okay, well, do I want to go here? Then it's, then, then I think we're talking about well, how much am I going to get? Uh, you know, what kind of culture do they have? It's it's more of the regular things that you would go into any job with. It's it's not. Well, is this company going to be here tomorrow? It's okay. Well, you know, hey, uh, what kind of impact can I make? What are they currently doing? What's the culture like? So, what do you think you would probably want to consider before going into a scale up? That for myself, I would, that's when I would start thinking about what's in it for me, which is, you know, that sounds really terrible, but with a startup, you're thinking, you're, you're mainly thinking about how can I contribute to this, this great idea that we're trying to get off the ground and look at the potential because as you mentioned there's not going to be much there as far as pay goals or even benefits there may not be benefits or perks or anything at all right but when you go into a scale up i would say that that's a good sign especially if you start looking at the scale up 
What are they doing? What's the idea? What's the service that's going to be provided? But also just look at the typical things that we look at for a job because we have to take care of ourselves and our families. And so a scale up is when I would start to look at what is this company able to offer by way of benefits? I know that it's not going to, probably not going to be on par with a huge corporation, but are they even trying to take care of their employees and what other perks are there? The the culture, the day-to-day, um, the, the day-to-day job load, how is, um, how about advancement? How can a person, does it seem like the company allows for people to move around and to advance? So, because those things should actually, they should start falling into place. So the startup mentality is you're growing and you're scaling up, as you mentioned. And although you're not quite big enough to be a huge corporation, it's good to go to a scale-up that has that mentality. They want to operate like a huge corporation. So they're they're putting things in place to show that they expect to grow. And because that's, you know, when you think about it, that really is when those things should start to be established. You know, if your plans are to grow and to thrive, you want to start putting things in place to take care of your employees. And so those are just some of the things I would look at. I wanted to ask you, do you, do you feel like, would it be a, be off putting to you if a scale up were behaving or operating like a big corporation? Uh, No, I think that's kind of what they would need to do. I, I think there's a balancing act that needs to happen there. Right. Because um, they don't want to act too much like a big corporation. They don't want to act like uh, an IBM, right? Because they haven't been around for, you know, decades, right? So they may still have a startup kind of feel, but a big company organizational thought process. So, and what I mean by that is um, they don't get in your way when you try to do things, but they also have processes in place that help you get things done. I'm sure that you've been either small companies or startups and things like that, where you either hear about, well, everyone's kind of off doing their own thing. And yeah, we're getting a whole bunch of stuff done, but sometimes the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Um, And I've been in companies like that where, yeah, people are getting a ton of stuff done, but people are duplicating work. Sometimes things don't get finished because they think someone else is going to do it. And in a scale up, a lot of those inconsistencies and redundancies are kind of hopefully are gone. Right. So that's what I mean by like a big company kind of um, feeling. Uh, But it has a startup kind of vibe. And the startup vibe is, hey, let's let's attack this. Let's go get it. Let's continue to have a culture where everyone's included everyone has a voice any anyone can bring up issues or problems that may arise and we can solve them together that's something that you don't always see at big companies and we'll we'll get into that but i think what you're starting to see is more and more scale ups try to adopt this hybrid kind of method because big companies are big for a reason it's because of their organization and the way that they corral processes and procedures to their advantage. 
that's how they remain big. That's how things get done in an organized fashion. But scale-ups also have that flexibility to be able to pivot really fast towards something that they need to do. And that's those are the companies that you want to go to because you will get a lot of experience, but you'll also be in some sort of, I don't want to say a safety net, but kind of a safety net, right? Because those processes and procedures that have been put in place are there to help you and they're there to make sure that you don't run off the rail, so to speak. In a startup, a lot of those processes and procedures aren't there. So you can run off the rails, right? And there's no one to put you back on the guidelines. There's no one to pick you up and put you back on the roller coaster if you fall off, so to speak, right? Um, so I think being into a scale up is really good for your career, especially if you're starting out, because you get to experience a lot of different things and you get to do it from a relatively safe position. Those are my thoughts on that. You know, I'm not sure what you think about that. Yeah, it is a out of the organizations that we're going to discuss. I would say that it is a best of both worlds type scenario, a scale up. You're not as it's it's not as big of a monster as a large corporation, which you can kind of get lost in the in the shuffle, so to speak. But it's also not as small and volatile as as a startup where you may have kind of a queasy feeling in your stomach at a startup when you see it up close and personal that things aren't going so well. And so a scale up is it it can be a great place to start a career if you are able to, because one thing that sticks out to me is just the opportunity to grow and to move around. Mm-hmm. Startups may not have that. They just may not have the they may not even they may be able to give you the title. <laughs> you know, they mm-hmm. may give you the title of senior developer, but they they actually may not even have the salary to go along with it. That's but true. Scale up is that's a place where it's not huge. It's not super, uh, it's not huge, but at the same time, not small where you're bottled into one role. You, at a scale up, chances are you are able to move around, interview for newer roles or learn, you know, learn about different positions. Um, I like that about the organization I work for. It, it's it's not too small, not too huge. Um, and I'm able to learn different roles. And as people say, it can, in larger places, there's, um, it's kind of this ironic situation. Imagine being in this very large facility, but you're not able to do much, <laughs> you know, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, yeah. like you're, you're stuck in a three by three <laughs> yeah, um, cube, you know, just this, this space. And so that's how it is. And um, as we'll discuss a little bit later, but with the scale up, there's room to grow and breathe and you feel like your thoughts and ideas are being heard and it's more manageable for upper management as well, because at a scale up, you will find that there's more time for one-on-ones, more time for one-on-one training or teaching. And so just my opinion, if, if we're going to, 
if some, you know, any for anyone listening, if there's a one of these organizations to choose, a scale up is not a bad place to start. That's you know, that's just my opinion. It's but it's it's not a bad place to start, especially because we're talking about a best of all worlds type uh, scenario here. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so I think you know when we're talking about big corporations. We think of massive behemoths, right? Like an IBM, a Microsoft, an Apple. Uh, we're thinking about companies that have been around for decades. Uh, they may be kind of stuck in their ways, things like that. And you know, there are some some really big companies, media companies like Disney and Warner Brothers Discovery, and you know, a whole bunch of other comp- Walmart's a huge company, right? Um, and a lot of these Oracle, give you an example, huge companies. Um, and the thought may be, well, AB and Karen's talking about scale ups and I ought to just join a scale up because these big companies, <laughs> you know, they're, they're kind of stuck in their ways and stuff. And you, you heard know, it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be, yeah, I'm just going to be in a cubicle for the rest of my life and stuff. And, um, and that's that's not a hundred percent true. Uh, it depends on where you go. And the thing of it is, is that uh, for a company that big, right? Um, they are diversified in so many different areas, and it almost becomes they are their own city. And the reason why I say that is, <laughs> I mean, uh, the net worth of a lot of these companies are sometimes bigger than the GDP of certain countries let's just be honest right um and if that's the case they have they have all these different kinds of departments inside of them and and those departments have different departments and they have different teams and things like that so it really depends on the team that you're on when you start looking at joining a big company i wouldn't look at the company as a whole um, unless there's just something really off-putting about that company that you just don't like, right? In that case, don't apply there. Um, but what I would really focus on if I, you know, applying to a big company is what area of the company are you going to? That'd be my question, right? What area of the company are you going to? And how do the people in this particular area of the company like their job? How do they like it, right? what kind of communication or synergies are happening between this part of the company and another part of the company? Do they interact a lot? Is it kind of like its own thing? I'll give an example. So like where I work, you know, I'm in a certain part of the company that doesn't really have a lot of interaction with all the other parts. We know of all the other parts and, you know, from a tech perspective, we kind of talk to them a little bit and things like that. But Day to day, you don't really have a ton of contact with other people outside of your kind of small department, right? Uh, and it's not a small department, but out of your organization, you don't have a lot of contact. So is that going to be the case when you go to a, your particular company that you're applying for? Those are the questions I think to ask. And really big companies may have a company culture, but they also have many little organizational cultures inside these teams and even quite frankly companies within companies right 
So give an example for media companies, media companies own a, a bunch of different properties, right? So like, for instance, you take a Disney for an example, Disney's a huge corporation, right? So they not only have Disney, they also have Marvel, right? Um, now they have ESPN, they have ABC, they have Fox, right? And when you go work at Disney, you could be assigned to do tech at Marvel, right? You could be assigned to do tech at ESPN. You could be assigned, you know, so like in these different teams, how do they work, right? What is their, what are their processes? Because even though they may have communication with other parts of the company, they are kind of their own entity and they're set up to run that way for a reason, right? Because they produce their own content and things like that. So I say all this to say, I wouldn't be put off by a big company. I would just really think about where you're going within that company. Because if you play it right and you ask the right questions, and I'll get into that in a little bit, but you can really do well and you can make a good, you can make good money. Right. And what do you think, Karen's? Yeah. You, you know, I felt, I felt kind of bad about what I said when I said, imagine being in a huge room and not, uh, not much room to move because you hit the nail on the head. It, it it depends on the organization. It does depend because there are certain individuals that I know that I'm close to. They've worked for a huge organization for years. And the reason why they have been able to stay there is because they were able to move around and to try out different things. I, I know people who started at huge or big organizations and they actually changed their careers several times within the same organization because mm-hmm. the organization provided the means for them to do so. So, yeah, to answer your question, yes, there is a lot of potential with big companies being able to build wealth for your family and take care of your family. Um, I've worked for a few of those organizations and there is great opportunity. That's also just like with all of these organizations or entities that we've discussed during this um, session, you have to do your research and look and see what you're getting into for that specific role. And so it's not going to be as easy as, let's just say ABC. I'm, I'm sure there's companies out there called ABC, but this is just an example, ABC Corporation. It's not as easy as going on LinkedIn and saying, oh, this person works for ABC. I'm going to reach out to them and see how they like their job. And that's not really a good way to go about it, because as you mentioned, I've worked in organizations where there are people in different, just depending on the division that you're in mm-hmm. or the department, completely different experiences. Yep. Even within the same building, you may have one department with a completely different culture from a department that's across the hallway. Yep. So you have to be specific when we're talking about doing your research, someone in my role that I'm looking to apply for or that I'm interviewing for, what do they feel about the company? How do they feel? Um, Because the mileage is definitely going to vary because as You mentioned these corporations are huge and there are absolutely times when there are companies I've worked for, there were divisions and departments and branches of the corporation that I had no idea existed until just some way, somehow I came across it. Yeah. Um, 
So the one thing that's definitely, I will say this once again, just my opinion. I'm just saying. <laughs> with <laughs> no, but it's it, and it's because I've lived it. The when we're talking about a scale up, when we're talking about startups and scale ups, when you find yourself in a good organization, the organization puts the people first. They will um, for startups and scale ups. Now there are plenty of corporations that put the people first, but. With corporations, that is when you are talking about this organization is so big that if they want to move in a specific direction, they are going to do so. Right. Um, it's not really about the people. When they choose a direction for the organization, that is the, you know, there's really no say, you know. Case in point, I'm not going to mention any names, but I worked for a big corporation in the early 2000s from 2003 to 2009 and what happened I my job was eliminated because eliminated because that is when offshoring was starting to become uh, the thing and so one of my you know my I was one of the people my job was eliminated because the company wanted to go in the direction where if we can have this position um, hired out to someone across seas that's the direction we're going in because they wanted to save a certain percentage, um, as one individual told me, we want to, the company wants to be leaner and meaner, which is they went in the direction of, okay, we have a department of 10 people. Let's see if we can get the department um, in the United States, we can run it with four people and offshore the rest. And so that was definitely mean. Yeah, the, yeah, the, it, and so it's a situation where that organization took great care of me and my family, um, paid me very well. But when that company made a decision, that was the that was the decision they were going to go in, and we had no idea. I had no idea that was taking place until two months before they laid me off. You know, and it's because they gave me uh, two months of a notice. You know, they let me know in April. That my job was being eliminated. Um, there was a day in June. I forgot what day, but they said that's going to be your last day. Whereas a startup and a scale up, that's actually a situation that you could find yourself where the people still have the power, so to speak. Um, you could find yourself where your voice is actually heard, you know. But and that's the one thing I would say about huge corporations. Um, you, you, there's not much control over which direction this ship is sailing. There's just not, you know. Another thing too about uh, big corporations that I wanted to mention was the, um, you know, when you go to a big corporation and it's a major brand worldwide or just around a country, expectations are extremely high. And it's sometimes it can be a very intimidating place to try to learn, especially if let's say if we have a listener that's been listening to our podcast and they're changing their career, you want to go somewhere where someone is, the organization is going to be patient enough to teach you and help you along the way. And so sometimes big corporations have extremely high expectations because they have a brand and a brand image um, so it, it can make for a very intimidating atmosphere. Um, it, it's one of those things where 
you absolutely have to, they want somebody to hit the ground running, you know, um, they want somebody that's going to pick it up fast and we got to uphold our image, the brand, um, and they, they feel very strongly about, um, so it just, you know, we always want to work very hard and we don't want to, um, just become complacent, but expectations and um, demand can be very high with these bigger organizations. So it's just something to keep in mind, especially if you're making the change in your career and you're just starting in dev and tech. Um, the, a, a bigger corporation, their expectations and what they demand, it may very well be much higher than these other um, entities. Yeah. Agreed. I think that that really kind of moves into uh, nicely into um, the the next thing, right? Which is what are the questions that we would want to ask going into all three of these particular places, right? And I think that there's a lot of consistencies. So, like you just said, if I'm new person in tech, my thoughts are going to gravitate toward how am I going to be able to learn in this particular place. Uh, because like you said, if a place does not have a culture of mentorship, then you're not really going to be learning. You're not going to have people that are going to take the time to teach you, right? They're going to be impatient with you. They're going to be like, well, why don't you know this stuff already? Why aren't like, you're supposed to be a self-taught person, right? How come you aren't teaching yourself things, right? But the matter of fact is you don't know what you don't know. And that's what mentorship is for. That's what being in a company, asking questions and learning is all about. I do it daily, right? And I wouldn't consider myself a brand new person in tech, but I ask people questions all the time because there are things that I know that I don't know. But when you're brand new to tech, you don't even know the things that you don't know, right? So it's even more important that uh, the place that you go to has a culture of um, mentorship. So that would be a question that I would ask is, does this place have a culture of mentorship? And if so, who would the person be that I would, you know, would be my mentor? Can I have a conversation with that person, right? Um, are there many people on the team that uh, are senior enough to mentor other people? And the opposite is true. If you're maybe a senior person and you go to a company Right? Is there a mentorship program set up where you can pass on knowledge to other people? Right? Are there junior people on the team that you can talk to to kind of pass your knowledge? Another big thing I think is going to be culture, no matter where you go. Uh, like you said before, culture in teams can differ wildly. In a startup, the culture is kind of the same no matter where you go in the company because it's really small. A scale up, kind of the same thing. You start to see different pockets of culture kind of reveal themselves. But in a, a big corporation, there are many different companies inside that particular company, many different teams, and a lot of times many different cultures. So the question is, is what kind of culture does this team specifically have? Do people on this team, is there a high turnover on this team? Right. And there may be the company may be growing wildly and, you know, it may be a great company to work for. But on this specific team or this specific, um, you know, line of business that I'm going to, how's the turnover? How's the attrition? Are people happy here? 
what's the culture here? Is there a culture of fear, right? Or is it a culture of encouragement? Are how how do people feel going to work every day, right? Um, will I be chastised if I want to work from home, right? Is it a culture where I have to come into the office all the time to do my job? Uh, do I feel pressured to do certain things that I don't necessarily want to do, right? So these are questions that you would probably want to ask. What are some questions that you would uh, that you would ask in in the interview? going for these jobs? I think one of the main questions for me is trying to see what their expectations are. That's always helped me to, little does the interviewer know, (laughs) that's one of the questions that I ask um, because I'm actually interviewing them. Um, And so I use the SMART goal method, which is an acronym. And, you know, people have, probably it may not be match up straight uh, may not match what my acronym is for smart goals but a question that I often ask is what do you expect out of me after 30 days what are your expectations of me after 60 days what are your expectations of me after 90 and so I want the interviewer if they haven't already mentioned where they expect me to be after those periods of time, after that period of time, I will ask them and I will attribute the SMART smart acronym to the goals. And so um, like the letter S, are they specific with the goal? Um, they Do they have some way to measure the goal? Is it achievable? Is it actually achievable? Um, R is it a reasonable goal, and then the T for smart. The T would be, give me a specific type of a time, you know. So yeah, it. I want the goals and the expectations to match up to smart goals. That smart acronym, because it's not to me. It's just not a good sign if I'm interviewing for a entry level dev position. If I ask them, what are your expectations of me after 90 days? And they just say, we want you to be the best dev you can be. <laughs> and it's like, what does that even mean? Right. You know, it's like, what? That's not, it's not specific. How do I even measure that? Can I even achieve that? Is it reasonable? And you didn't, you know, okay, the time I gave you the time, I told you after 90 days, but you don't want open-ended expectations, you know? So so it like to me, that's a great question to ask. It gives you a good understanding. It gives you good insight, um, especially if it's the hiring manager. What is this person's expectations? Because you may want to just be careful if you're going into a situation where someone isn't, they're not very specific. They're very open about it. There was something that really impressed me about my current role. You know, my manager, she was absolutely prepared to a- answer that question. And um, sure enough, those were her expectations. And, uh, you know, it it helped me in my first 90 days because it's kind of the unspoken thing. You know, there's a 90 day probation period. Right. You know, Um, yeah. Some companies would just straight up tell you, you know, well, you're on probation for the first 90 days. But oftentimes I feel like that's the case with everyone. But I would say that's that's probably one of my biggest questions. One of my biggest questions is. um is what are your expectations of me after this amount of time? 
Second biggest question for me would be, you know, please explain to me the day to day. Um, it's it, you know, my expectation is there. I'm I don't hold companies too high to that, especially if it's a startup or a scaler, because you have to wear many hats, and so it's difficult to determine what your day to day is going to be. But with a corporation, a big corporation, if they can't answer that question, that may be a sign of concern. You know, that may be concerning to me um, because a big established corporation should have a pretty good idea of what the day-to-day is like. Um, But any organization, it's good to just understand uh, because I have been in interviews where I've asked, what is my day-to-day going to be like? And the hiring manager told me, Oh man, you, you, hey, you never know what's going to hit you. It, it, we're kind of all over the place, and it was kind of oh know, wow, yeah. Just to, and so, long story short, I did not choose that organization. <laughs> you know, yeah, because that wasn't where I, I don't like that. Uh, you know, it it was just it wasn't specific. It wasn't. It was almost as if they don't really have a structure there, and so um, but you know, those are two very important questions for me, especially if you're changing your career. Like, give me your expectations of me. What are you expecting out of me? You know, hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think um, these questions are super important to ask, right? Um, because if you don't, you'll end up in a situation. No matter if it's startup, scale up, or a big company, you'll end up in a situation where a month in, two months in you either are lost and don't know what you're doing, don't have any help, right? Or you're in a situation where you're regretting it. And, you know, maybe in today's market, you could probably get another job rather quickly in tech, right? But that's not always going to be the case, right? Things can change on a dime. uh, And then you could be in a situation where you're stuck there for a while, just kind of, you know, trying to survive, and that's not that's not what we want uh, for any of our listeners, right? That's not uh, a thing that we want. So, um, we we talk about this so that other people can kind of learn from um, maybe things that we did, or uh, I know I've been in a lot of places where I did not make, I did not ask the right questions, and I suffered for a little bit, right? Uh, I'm sure that may have been the case with you too, uh, Karen's, and um, you know these Absolutely. are, yeah. <laughs> It happens, right? So I think it's good for other people to learn from people's experience, right? Experience is the best teacher, but it doesn't have to be your own experience that you learn from. You can learn from other people's experience. Uh, So, you know, I think this was, um, this is a good uh, episode for folks looking to make their mark in tech, maybe wondering what company should I apply for, right? You may be fresh out of a boot camp, or you may be ready to take the next stage after being self-taught or maybe right out of college and you're thinking where should i go what company should i apply for um you might be thinking i'm just trying to get whatever i can get um but sometimes it pays to take a little bit more thought into it so that you're you know jump into a place that you're that you're going to regret um any final thoughts karen's before we wrap it up you put yeah you 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 summed it up really nice and i I agree. It's it's almost like someone may tell you why you're dating. You know, you want the other party to want you just as much as you want them. 
And right. so when you go for an interview, even if you're just starting your new career, um, you don't want it to be one-sided where you, you don't want the organization to make you feel as if, hey, we'll we'll see if you're good enough for us. You know, you want to be in a situation where they want you to be a part of the organization just as much as you want to be a part. Um, you want it to be a mutual, um, just a mutual, just a, a, a situation where it's mutual. And so as much as you want that, that new role and a new job and start your new career, just make sure it's an organization that value where you feel valued. And oftentimes you can get that feeling from the interview. And so um, it, it's everybody's mileage may vary. Some may start with a startup, some may start with a scale up, some may start with a big corporation, but no matter where you go, make sure it's a place where you have this feeling where you're going to be valued and you're going to be able to grow. You know, that's, that's what's most important to me. 100%. Awesome. So I think that'll be a wrap on this episode. Let us know what you think. Let us know if we should do more shows like this. And uh, we'll be back at you next week. All right. See you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Work for Games Dev and Tech Podcast. We talk about all things dev and tech. We're currently on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for the moment. We are coming to other podcasting platforms in the future, so stay tuned, and thanks for listening.